Um, so my, my adventure today was I was going to fly to San Luis Obispo. I had to wait about 30 minutes for the cloud layer to dissipate at Torrance. Went through, like, did a box climb, went through LAX. Everything was fine and dandy. Super cloudy everywhere. And then as I'm going to, as I'm maybe like 10, 15 minutes away from San Luis Obispo, I straight up can't see it because of the cloud layer. And I'm not legally allowed to d- dive into clouds in my sling. So I was like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get thrown out of my school because I got a check ride in like three weeks. So literally I looked at Vanessa and I was like, because I took her up today <coughs> and I go, uh, made her late for work. So that's another story. But I looked at her and I go, <laughs> I guess we're just going to turn around and go to Santa Barbara. So I turn around. Tail between my legs, go to Santa Barbara land, go to like the FBO and they give me fuel. And these fuckers are like the sloth, the sloth of the DMV. They are so slow at giving me fuel. It takes me like 35 minutes for them to do my shit. They leave my keys. And I'm like, I need the fucking keys. And like, oh, we left them over there. Let's go grab them for you. And they take like 10 minutes fumbling around. So I spent like 40 minutes when I told them, they asked me, oh, how long do you be here? I'm like, like five minutes. <clears throat> so I get, I land at like, I know, 3.30 almost. I already text Celine. I'm like, dispatch, uh, the flight that's coming next, mm, you gotta move him. <laughs> I ain't gonna be here. Fuck that shit. shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. Well, the figure he says, thank God it's a Saturday, so we got like 48 planes available, but literally landed. I, I mean, I got a solid four hours, so I'll take it. You but, better make that shit off, work, bitch. Exactly. Go up, drop Vanessa off, and I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, you're like an hour 15 late, but blame the weather, the blame the leather and KSPA. <laughs> But that's just like not talking to you, arms folded in the other side. Oh, she knows. She loved it. She was having fun as hell. No, no, no. I, like, I know. Oh, she, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. But she's just like, fuck her. Hello, humans, and welcome to Audio Face. We're an irreverent podcast about music, news, and culture that mostly matters. I am Sean. I am Dan. It's episode 246 of, of this fine established podcast on the Syndicate 23 network. Um, I'm just because I say that for the fuck of it. <laughs> no, no. Um, the abbreviation of fine established podcast is FEP, which at least you're not like fine awesome podcast. At least it's not FAP. Yeah, that, that would have been, been bad. Um, we got three. We got three records well, it's, for you. Sorry to derail, but you know, just like a clip. Uh, so, first of well, all, like, yeah, you're. Um, that is the solo blur thing. We'll, we'll work with Caesar on that. Not to derail, but a fun little podcast thing. Uh, because part of living in America is just uh, normalizing yourself and distracting, or like processing terrible things in a terrible way. Bots and prayers, T A P, taps. So instead of just saying thoughts taps. and prayers, I'm just like, hey, taps, taps. bro. <laughs> and just say, just, you know, even better, just say stick taps, like hockey, just stick taps, you know? No, no, someone no. gets in a fight, someone gets injured, just stick taps, you know? Stick taps in Florida right now. No, 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 no. Stick thoughts and prayers, that's a little bit, a, a lot to work off of, but you know, I was going to say, hey, taps, bro. Taps, bro. It, it, it's going to be the American version of Shada. <laughs> uh, taps. Taps, bro- taps, brother. <laughs> okay, anyways. Shout out, Booter. We got three records. We got uh, Enter Galactic by Kid Cuddy. We got uh, Soul Sold Separately, All the Money Signs of the S's. I can kind of appreciate that. By Freddie Gibbs. Those and money got, signs cost a lot of money. You know how inflation is doing right now? 
telling me, man. And we got uh, Fosora by Bjork, uh, one of my favorite artists. I can't wait to get to that. Um, three very different records, and that's uh, why we love doing this podcast, man. This year is absurd. Yeah, and it's only going to get even more absurd. Um, <clears throat> first of all, on the Power Report side, elsewhere on the Syndicate 23 Network, we have weekly episodes of Power Report Live. Sean just did a little bit of a report on what is going on with airport strikes and all the different things that are happening there. And so you can check it out at youtube.com slash Dan from the internet. Uh, Baby got his first disc video. <laughs> so um, have a little bit of, a, bit of a video about that. You can also check it out as well. Yes, someone made a disc video about me. It's actually pretty hilarious. And um, I challenged them to basically not prove my point. But... Um, become a Syndicate 23 member if you're not already to check out all those different things and get it on demand the full, big, chungus join.syndicate23.co and uh, also check out our 2022 AF playlist, the link is in the description and thank you Peter at PJS Mixed It on Insta for all of your music mastering or podcast mastering and mixing needs of all of the above. John, you ready? Do it. So, um, right. you got the member appreciation month stuff? Yeah, so remember appreciation month because sometimes we like you. Um, only when you only when you give a shit in the comment section on our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash forward slash audio face pod for uh, all our YouTube videos. And yeah, keep uh, reeling in there. Yeah, also members definitely feel free to comment on the posts in the members section internally on the members yes. site. So as well, so love to yeah. see those things there. Yeah, but we have the uh, the 1975 bonus uh, episode is available now for everybody. Um, so go ahead, do that. Their album record is coming out in two weeks, I believe. So, uh, we'll be reviewing that. Um, members get this, uh, episode exclusively, the junior boys bonus episode with one, the only bam from power report. And we made a podcast, um, going over one of our favorite groups and how kind of my friendship with them started in a way too. Um, and then also we have the Arctic Monkeys bonus episode as well. That is open to everybody. Um, their record coming out later this month as well. So be sure to check those episodes out and um, listen to it before those records come out. So yeah, let's do it. Cool. Let's start. Hell yeah, we jump right in it. Uh, first album of, the, of album review of the day, serving up Gary's way. Mean is a uh, Enter Galactic by Kid Cudi. Fifteen songs, forty-five minutes long. Um, Kid Cudi. Um, free from Kanye, as I like to say now, because, you know, they had the ultimate beef. And um, we reviewed a couple of uh, Kid Cudi themes on here, and um, uh, we had Man on the Moon 3 that was in 2020. I like to say that we both fairly enjoyed. Um, had a little couple quips here or there. Um, but I don't think Kid Cudi really needs an introduction or whatnot. But anyways, we could just jump right into it. I think... Compared to, I think, the last release Man and a couple other... Yeah, but... Man of the Moon is the okay. last one we reviewed, for sure. Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, and that should be his last release. Um, with that, I think this is like more of like a, a expansion upon Man of the Moon 3, but in a better way. I think there is some more well-thought-out ideas that you had on it. There's... It was a little slow at points that I think it could have been a little bit quicker here or there. Um, like especially the beginning of it, like um, new mode and do what I want. I thought we we're like a little slow with how it was for like opening of the of the record. But I think overall, it's a, a decent project from him. Yeah. That being said, I think both new mode and do what I want show the best of the production that you got from Man on the Moon Three. 
this toast, just like I'm supposed to say, for my people to face, what I wrote, uh-huh. And I feel like I can do what I want, living, 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 I'ma do what I want. Lord, I know, or the oh, void, yeah. or uh, she knows this. Like, there was some really good production there that was definitely within the Man the Moon project, so it definitely felt like it had some of that early 2010s flair. But Intergalactic pushes the more forward-thinking aspects of that into a mm-hmm. little bit more forward of a direction. And interestingly enough, Kid Cudi has kind of talked about this being his No For Really Guys I'm Retiring kind of album, and you know when rappers oh, say that. that whenever. But you know, when rappers say that all the time, I always point to Jay-Z, who said he was retiring back in like 20, 2009, 2010. Yeah. I think Death of Tune was supposedly his like comeback, one of his comebacks. And that was in 2010. So um, also Death of Autotune. A, a lot, Autotune is alive and well. So, <laughs> so much for that. But back to Intergalactic, I think that it starts pretty well, if not, maybe not slow, but muted, I could definitely concede to. Yeah, okay, that's, that's actually a better word for it, as I was trying to think of a way to say it. It's not like I don't like it. It's just, that's the, the sound of the record. The sound of the record is chill. The production is great. I'll give him that. I really like the production of it. It's, again, like, that little extraness for A Man the Moon 3 and all of A Man the Moon projects. It's, you know, starting to really, like, to, uh, refine that sound that he had on Man the Moon 3. And... Um, when you get to like the middle of the record, even with um, willing to trust, uh, willing to trust, I should say, with Ty Dollar signed and can't believe it featuring two chains. Like those tracks are pretty good, and I really like him with features. And it's, again, I think like Kid Cudi's at his best when he gets to be either featured or he gets to be paired with someone like on his own tracks. I think when he gets different flows and different ideas with people, that's when he gets to shine. When it's him by himself, it can feel a little muted and a little flat here or there. Like there are great, there are great tracks that are just him. New mode, do what I want. Uh, maybe so towards the end of the record, but you know, can't believe it with Two Chains. It's a great track. I love the production of it. Two Chains sounds great. Kid Cudi sounds great. Like that, that right there is what I really like. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, the, I think. Yeah, the two chains feature, either of the Ty Dolla Signs feature, but Can't Believe for sure are really major highlights of this album, and I think that's probably what we'll see in the future. You know, even rappers who start to like pair things back a little bit, you see them doing work with collaborating with different artists. I think Gambino is a good example, and um, you, you you get a lot of you know shuffling around here too because. You know, Ty Dolla Sign appears on two tracks. Ty Don Tolliver appears on two tracks. I actually find the bonus track of Burrow. Um, they, they, they earn themselves a lot of mileage with calling that a bonus track. Because I think Steve Aoki or something about the production just kind of ruined it. Like, I really did not like the track or how that came out. No, I'm pretty sure it's Steve Aoki who fucked it. Cause Sounds about right. Like- The most 
most overrated DJ in the world, but overrated DJ and restaurant tour. Nah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> follow your dreams, man. <laughs> no, follow your dreams. But overall, I if think only Anthony Bourdain were a DJ. Oh, oh God. <laughs> sometimes you know it wouldn't be audio face if I didn't just drop a bomb in there. Sometimes it happens, man. Um, the Moab baby. Um, yeah, I think overall, intergalactic. As my voice goes out, intergalactic is <laughs> is a is a good project from Kid Cudi. You know, especially as a lot of these. Uh, Rappers who were really popular in the late 2000s, early 2010s and stuff like their later projects to me were a lot of the times they felt flat. But with Kid Cudi's last two records, I feel like he's kind of ending it on a high note in a way like he's right now his wave. He's like there's still some issues I have with it, the pacing. And I think, again, he's still he sounds best when he gets to be paired with somebody. But to me, the production is great. The lyricism is fantastic. And um with like the length of the record too, it's compact, it's short, everything goes together well, it's cohesive, and overall it's a good project from him. So um if this is indeed his last record, which I would be surprised, um it's a decent record to go out on. Yeah, I feel like we're definitely gonna get some solo I mean not some solo works, but at least some collaborations from him. It's also worth mentioning yeah. the intergalactic in kind of a um daft punk kind of fashion comes with its own movie along with it so you can watch intergalactic it's a 90 minute project on netflix it's a really really lush animation it's it's really a phenomenal kind of thing i've only seen bits and pieces of it and from what i've seen from some other reviews it's not necessarily a lot of narrative it has a loose kind of story it doesn't have a lot of character development it's really just vibes which is a lot of what you can say about you know some I'd say some of the later Gorillaz videos, I think some of the early ones, there's a lot of lore and storytelling within them, hidden within them. Now I think it's just, you know, cool images and vibes with some loose storytelling, but it's definitely not what's driving the show. And I think that's fine. Um, But yeah, I think it's a really developed project. It shows that Kid Cudi is an artist who to try my best to not make comparisons I really pettily want to make to people Kid Cudi may or may not be beefing with right now. This is a project uh, that is very well thought out. It's a project that is yeah. cohesive yeah. enough. It feels like everything within here belongs on Intergalactic and not on any mm-hmm. other uh, Cudi record. And so I really appreciate that thought in the album. It is, you know, that, that, there's one thing I'll say, though. I don't think it is among there with one of the top albums of rap albums of this year though like it's been a real banger year i think it would deserve an honorable mention perhaps but there weren't any songs other than a couple of the features that really had that staying power and i think even songs on a couple songs on man the moon 3 did so could just be the year i don't know but that's just kind of my going through it yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it grows on us later as well. So I, I really like Man on the Moon three, but with this one, it's again, it's it's vibes. I think that's a great way to to say it. But and it's if he's done, that's ending on a high note. And uh, Kid Cudi fans will like this album a lot. Even if you're not a big Kid Cudi fan, I, I feel like most people will enjoy this record if they give it a try. So I think this is the album intergalactic kid cuddy i will always appreciate it because it got sean to uh say the word vibes and really just appreciate that as a word so you're becoming a zoomer <laughs> no <laughs> I, I, I refuse 
I, I retract that statement. At SW Suarez on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> um, no, it's never happening. At I SW Suarez, do that. At SW Suarez on Be Real. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but okay. Likely story. Arbitrary scale. We do arbitrary scales every week on Audio Face because we like to keep Carl paid. And this week we're going to be doing. <laughs> 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 and this week. <laughs> And this week we're gonna because our review is our review, and what we said in it previously is what uh, we meant in it. So why put a scale to it other than um, that paycheck? So Jim Cantori this week, uh, Jim Cantori in Florida's high impact weather events—that's what we're gonna call it. High impact weather events, hurricanes. Yeah. Definitely not making light of the terrible disaster that um, has ravaged Florida and impacts of climate change has all of a sudden turned Ron DeSantis into a socialist. But nevertheless, this is going to be... Uh, I- I'm going to call this Hurricane Ian, actually. This is a good one right now where he's like tripping over those shrubs where the trees are coming at him and he's barely yeah. able to do the rubber report, where he's um, working the pole like Megan the Stallion. Like, I like that. That's good. Yeah. This, this is when he almost got struck by lightning. I forget what hurricane that was. Might have been uh, Hurricane Irma, but I have to double check on that. But there's one where he like got scared the shit out of lightning. And I think that actually happened again in uh, Ian right now too, where he got almost struck by lightning. So yeah, twice. it happened with Hurricane Ian again. So like this is just again, like these are just Hurricane hilarious. Ian events. That's funny. Yeah, so I know it happened, I know it happened before too. So, but this, uh, this yeah, guy's crazy. Jim Cantori could run for president and actually make a great chance as an independent. Just not really say anything political. Just say, "Listen, I'm all about chasing storms and making sure Americans live good." <laughs> just don't don't elaborate on that. We'll probably easily win. Uh, right. next album review. Yeah, we have us. Uh, yeah. Um, Next album review, we got Soul Sold Separately Ching, by Freddie Gibbs. Ching, Ching. Right, Freddie Gibbs, 15 songs, 46 minutes long. Um, Freddie Gibbs, one of our, I'd say, favorite rap artists. Um, you know, he had Alfredo in 2020, which was a fantastic record that we reviewed. Um, Bandana, was even that before we that. Bandana, Bandana, that's right. And that was an incredible record. Freddie Gibbs just... One of those artists that we love to listen to because we always think, is this going to be the album that's bad? Is this going to be it? Nope. And still. He's really the one where it's that Spongebob meme. Well, one of the many Spongebob memes from the Spongebob movie where Spongebob's just like yelling on the bleachers at Squidward. But the meme just goes, he just doesn't miss. <laughs> you're just yelling. You're just expecting for him to miss and he doesn't. I'm even thinking of Piñata, that album from 2014. Just mm-hmm. nonstop, definitely one of the underground, I think, my favorites of the quote-unquote underground. This is first album with uh, Warner, so to speak. But yeah, I think this is not only a great Freddie Gibbs album, but like he is on an upward trajectory still. I, I'm, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't feel anymore that like Alfredo or Piñata or Bandana are bad albums. I, I never felt that, by the way, just to be clear. But like, it's not that Soul Sold Separately makes me feel like those are worse albums. I don't even feel that Soul Sold Separately is like his best album. But I feel that all of this stuff is an improvement. It might take me more time to feel this is his best album. I honestly feel like I love... Freddie Gibbs songs from all of his records so much that I can't pick a best album, so to speak. 
Eh, maybe bandana. But uh, I I figured. But I think you have a lot of songs on here matched with some relatively modern production that yeah. makes me overall enjoy this like overall enjoy the project. I really enjoy this record a lot. Um especially because the thing with me and Freddie Gibbs is every album is you know, him trying to one-up himself in a way. It's him trying to up his production, you know, up ideas, to get different artists on there, uh, like different flows, different lyrics and everything. It's, he's not making the same record every time. And, you know, Soul Soul Separately is another testament to his experimentation, his, uh, you know, drive to make every record better. And this is one of my favorite Freddie Gibbs records. Um, it's, you know, I can't ever say it's my favorite record off of the, you know, three days in, but... It's one of those things that takes a long time to marinate. But the thing that I like about this is it's mixing old school with new school in the best way without being, you know, without feeling cheap, without feeling, you know, playing it down or whatnot or relying too heavy on one sound. Uncle Ryan. Like example. Right, exactly. Ryan. Exactly. And like example, like I'll skip way ahead, but Gold Rings featuring Pusha T is like a perfect example of that. Like, My cocaine novella, soap opera shit. These are the days of our pies. So many RNs I didn't made, waitresses I didn't save. The blow drop off for of bitches who ain't learning. It's playing on that border of almost being Uncle Rappy, but it's being modern enough, just enough to push it forward to sound good. So it's nice to it toys with that line, toys with old styles, old flows. Uh, but then mixing it with all like lo-fi modern hip-hop beats and stuff. And I love that stuff where you get things that you won't necessarily hear and the, the flows that you get with, with Freddie Gibbs and Pusha T on that track is just fantastic. And I love it when you, you get experimentation along, uh, along lines like that, but still paying homage to you know, what influenced you at the beginning of your career and then what still influences you now. Um, yeah, and also like, like, just, just really fast like on that song since we're there. Because I think yeah. that is like one of the crown jewels of the record. Um, I'm not 100%. sure if it's released or not, but I think Freddie Gibbs and Pusha T are contemporaries in this newer 100%. underground, like really, really great space. Like at the top yeah. of their game, definitely going to get nearly enough recognition as they do. Like really keeping, helping to keep rap relevant other than like the yeah. big arena, arena fillers, like your Kendrick Lamar's, your J. Kroll's. I'm... Drake is too popified for me at this point when we're talking about like true ass rap music. And that was a very pleasing, like on a gorilla's back kind of collaboration level. Like that was a very pleasing song for me to hear. Uh, and like the beginning of the record is fantastic. That couldn't be done featuring Kelly Price. Fantastic opening track. I love it. It gets you straight into the record. You're like, oh, nice. I'm going to get some old school beats. I'm going to get some new school beats. I'm going to get a lot of different flows. You hear Freddie Gibbs at his best. Love it. Blackest in the Room, Pain and Strife featuring Offset. Um, I was like, oh shit, Offset's still alive? 
back just like a laundry man. Now I be watching all the cash that I make. Yeah. Gotta make that money, man. Money, man. Still the same now. Gotta make that money, man. That money, man. Still the same now. Gotta make that money, man. That money, man. Still the same now. Gotta make that money, man. That money, man. Still the same now. I get money, gotta get paid. Came from the bottom, made it out of trenches, then I made it out the maze. Yeah, I mean, like, Offset's making music. It's seeming like Migos is very much on the way of the dodo, but it... Good. Th- not necessarily, because, like, they're still going to be making music singly as a group, so, you know, they don't die, they multiply. And the worst part here is that Offset seems to be doing this, like, bubble voice-like effect thing when he's, like, rapping. It sounds so bad. Like, it really sounds like he's playing with his kids in a bubble bath and just, like, making noises, like, in the water or whatever. Like, playing those, like, dumb games. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, the, the mixing on it, the vocals just sound bad and not just, like, an Amigos way where, like, you sometimes get bird noises randomly. It just doesn't sound good. Yeah, that that's the one song I don't like on here, um, and I wish it was cut out. Um, I don't think just, it's cut out bad. Like, it's not, like, that distracting. It's just, like, Offset doesn't do it any favors. Thankfully, like, other than that vocal thing, I think Offset delivers, like, decent enough lyrics. Like, it's not terrible. And, you know, Freddie Gibbs is good enough to where, like, yeah, he could even make an Offset, like, fumble feature be fine. Because, again, it's still mostly a Freddie Gibbs track. Well, I'll give you like exa- example, like two songs down. Like this is what you could make with good trap. You know, is too much for your money back, yo. You feel me? True be told, I'ma always show the real me. It's chilly, buzz down, curving with Like, that's a good track. Like, that just, the beat goes hard, the flow, everything. You just listen to it, you're like, yes. Like, this is, this is the rapping trap I like. This is what I want to hear. Same with, I was very happy with Lobster Omelette, where you get, yes. um, Freddie Gale's Rick Ross uh, in it, with Rick Ross. With, uh, uh, I'm the boss, Rick Ross. With, um, I'm the boss who doesn't pay his workers, Rick Ross. No, I'm in, I'm in my 9-11 and I don't pay my workers, Rick Ross. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you get a lot of really... Like again, you get some of the best Freddie Gibbs lyrics in here. I like how there are a lot of fun inter, or outros with a bunch of different people. There's like this whole... I wouldn't call it a motif or a concept album, but it's definitely like a motif where like Soul Sold Separately is a hotel that's currently facing a natural disaster. Oh, how mm-hmm. fitting for this week's arbitrary scale. But, like, there's the Joe Rogan outro that you get in Rabbit Vision, which is... It's Rabbit Vision, there you go. Yeah, he's trying to say, like, oh, I just landed in Vegas, I have mushrooms, DMT, I Kevlar with extra bullets, let's fucking... Kevlar underwear with extra bullets, which it, it implies a lot, and it makes sense for Joe Rogan. Oh, shit, Joe Rogan. And, no, but even before that, you have, like, some of the best Freddie Gibbs lyrics. Like, a lot of shit broke my heart but fixed my vision for rabbit vision with the whole, like, brand of him being a rabbit thing. I think it's hilarious. That I think there's a lyric earlier in there that's, like, um, one of the only rappers that's still selling cocaine. Hopefully he wrote those lyrics in California with that new Gavin Newsom law. <laughs> yeah, if he wrote that shit in Atlanta, uh, watch out for um, uh, the RICO, but, <laughs> and Rico was his name but overall, 
overall, like this is, and of course, there's a lot of good features here. I think from Feel No Pain with Anderson Pack is really nice, but even Grandma Stove with uh, Music Soul Child, I was really thoughtfully done out. Just really good mixing there, and even at yeah, the offset thing is really interesting to put this third song. Maybe it's good they got that out of the way, but I think this is a really really solid record. Yeah, uh, me too. I think it's a a fantastic, um, fantastic record. Um, I really like how it transitions in the middle of it to where it gets a little bit slower. And um, it, it, yeah, I, I like it. It's fam- he just doesn't miss. <laughs> he really doesn't. Yeah, it's been great to have those consistent rappers. Like he is definitely on my top five greatest like rappers I enjoy listening to, at least modern right now currently alive uh maybe might get bumped down to six or seven if i start including dead rappers maybe top 10 but alive right now still doing it still active in the game freddie gibbs is just one the best one the most consistent one the most modern and you know still willing to have fun with it i think there's like some other comedians who are like ribbing him and these like voicemails doing it in there uh, you have Freddie Gibbs doing his classic recording conversations in the mixing booth with people. And it seems like that's how you get the inception of the final track, CIA, uh, Crack Instagram and AIDS. See, it's like saying about the things the CIA invented to bring black people down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I-, I think Freddie Gibbs is funny. I think he's a really good rap character and he continues to go nowhere but up. Whether he gets oh. recognized or not, Cool. <laughs> I'm glad to keep him where he is. I don't think he has any chip on his shoulders. Proving that at all. No. Arbitrary scale. Um, we do arbitrary scales every week because our reviews, our review and rating scales suck. Um, is Jim Canatore in Florida? Um, and there's some high, high, uh, high impact water events. So let's 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 dig into it. To me, this is Jim Canatore getting destroyed by a random palm tree branch, somehow surviving, getting up. Walking back to the camera crew, and the camera crew says, I think we're safe here. One minute later, the roof comes off on the building neck across the street from them. Like, dog, you are not good over there. Y'all need to move. You need a shelter. <laughs> he just got hit in the face by a palm tree. And then shortly after that, you see a street sign fly past them. And I'm like, this is beautiful. I'm going to do when. Actually, I'm going to expand this outside of Florida water events i'm just gonna do this jim can toy weather events because this has to be the joplin tornado back when he was covering that yes yeah that the one in joplin missouri that damage was crazy it just like that one just like freaked him out and people really hated him after that too just like just because he was there because we were like oh god he's here i guess our life is just over (laughs) our property values have gone down because jim cantori did a weather report here Wind insurance. Wind insurance. Okay. (laughs) Last album. All right. Uh, Last album of the day, Servant of Gary's Way, is uh, Fusora by Bjork. It is 13 songs, 54 minutes long, I should say. Bjork being one of my absolute favorite, favorite um, singer-songwriters. She just is a legend. You know, coming from... You know, the uh, Sugar Cubes group in the 80s and then branching off doing her own solo projects in the early 90s and just influencing my music tastes a ton when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I remember being 
you know, exposed to uh, Post when I was young, um, her debut record, self-titled, and then you had, um, forget the her third record, which is fantastic. But anyways, absolutely one of my favorite um, artists. And we reviewed her, I think, 2019, or 2017 album, Utopia, which was the infamous car cast, I believe. Um, and that was... Interesting record. I think like it was overall we both enjoyed it, but there is some sounds and stuff and ideas in there that I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit and some other things that I think she could have pushed out. It felt a little long and bloated with it, and especially with her pedigree of an artist. I was like, all right, you know what? She gets she gets a pass. But with Fasorda, she gets back to her real game of being avant-garde, making really weird sounds that you will never hear anywhere else. And her voice is the best I've heard it in a decade, I think, since like Vonacorda that came out in 2016. And it was interesting because she made this record losing a parent and like uh, in the aftermath of COVID and everything. So there's a lot of emotion in this. There's a lot of paying homage to her homeland in, in Iceland. So you have some s- tracks here that are in Icelandic. I'm not even going to remotely try to, to pronounce them because that would be a travesty. And then there's even a track here that I'll get to at the la- uh, last track, I believe is with their daughter, which is really, really cool to hear. But going into it, you have the opening track of uh, Atopos and you get that real avant-garde Bjork sound. where it's just you have a really really cool beat with the drums and everything you have these really odd setting keyboards in the background that are off key so it's like making you want to like feel uncomfortable with it but you know how beautiful her voice is and the rest of sound it sound is so it's this interesting mix of like kind of pulling and, and pushing you pulling and pushing you into the track and out of it into it and out of it and it's this really cool dance that you get and you get that a lot in the record where she's messing with a lot of keyboard sounds that if you're not into like avant-garde experimental weird music, you might not really like or might not get into it. But with how she mixes it, I really like it. Example, second track, uh, Ovule, is similar to that too, where you get that push-pull, but it's a little bit slowed down and she gets a little bit more sentimental into it. And again, her voice is just incredible with this. Yeah, I liked a lot of it as well. I'm going to pull a Sean and just skip to the very end. I really like Fasara oh, yeah. because it kind of mixes track, yeah. the amb- yeah, the title track at the second to last song. I also like doing a second to last song kind of, you know, title track homage. I think that's a really solid move because you really get the ideas and that really gets allows it to be the crescendo of the record. But... Fasora becomes this like ambient thing with a lot of vocals that really sums up a lot of the sounds of the record.
and then slowly becomes this new wave, and I mean new, like 2022 yeah. style techno track. But like very, very modern techno track. And it's like very, very pumping, like Euro techno, like really, really good, like very enjoyable, even for people who like aren't even into that kind of techno. Like I think it would have a lot of appeal to them as well. Yeah, so I'm saying she's for an artist that's been around for so long, she's still pushing it forward. She's still making sounds and doing things that no one else does. Yeah, that was one of the tracks I really want to talk to since we were on about it. Fasora, it is an amazing track. Like the pivots that you get in there, that little techno you get, just the way she layers her voice in the background, and then at the end she layers it again and uses it as a sample, uses it as a beat almost and then just goes like absolute chaotic and then she comes back over in the background with her voice too and it's just like amazing it's just again always staying two steps ahead of everybody and i love that with her and it's nice to hear her try to push it forward i was worried again with her previous record to see how that sounded and it's kind of a little too slow for me and i wanted more of this avant-garde experimentalness like we've been getting from her for you know decades and you get that again with this um kind of going back to more of like the um the beginning of the record you get this beautiful track of the fourth one sorrowful soil that is just hauntingly beautiful and it's her at her best where it's just you know just vocals going on and just a really really small beat that kind of goes through the bass but it's all just uh, that's her in a choir and i don't know if it's her layering her voice or doing it with other people i have to look at the uh the production credits for that um you get to longer tracks in the middle of ancestress And victimhood, and you have that little inter- Icelandic interlude. I'm not going to try to pronounce it because good luck. Um, I, I don't even want to pronounce it because that'll just sound bad. Exactly. Um, and just again, like this record, it plays through very well. It has that really off kilter beat that you get in victimhood, where she's messing around with these um, electronic keyboards along with this really nice beat that you get throughout the, this track and it's just pushing and pulling you and pushing and pulling you away and into the track away and into the track yeah, really and really up tempo really, really nice... kind of out like really it's very orchestral in that way where it has like ins yeah. and offs and it's not necessarily patterned in a normal structure of a song it's just Absolutely like not. It, it, i, I yep. will say like i i do 2022 there's a lot of modern decisions in here. I do think 54 minutes is kind of long. There are the longer songs are in the beginning with that like ancestrous yeah, victimhood yeah. double switch, but that's definitely around the part in the album where I was like, Jesus, this is very long. And I wonder if like you know, for an album version, there could be an album version. And then these songs could obviously be like drawn out longer. But like, it, it, I do feel like there are some things where if you are coming new newer to this, it will be harder to get into because it is. So long and ambient and a little bit out there. But I think it is fairly approachable for a Bjork record, considering all the Bjork works that are out there. I think this is one of her most approachable records in years. And it's honestly. very excess like it's very surprisingly may or may not be the right word, but it is very modern. It's very in tune with what is happening in music right now. On to a surprising degree, especially the electronic music and some of the latter half of the album. 
Yes. And that's what I really appreciate about it. So, um, overall, it's a fantastic record from her. I think it's a return to form, you know, return to her queenhood, really, of being the queen of just experimental indie weirdness and always staying true to yourself as an artist. She doesn't care. She likes, she is who she is, and she's always been that way throughout her life, and I love that and appreciate about her. And Prasora is just fantastic work. One of my favorite projects in a while from her, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm trying to see if I could see her on tour this uh, when she tours this record, because that would be fun as hell and trippy and weird. So, one day. Pain. <laughs> Financial pain. Uh, financial pain dude kill me <laughs> so much to see so little money that i have let's see uh arbitrary scale we do arbitrary scales every week on audio face because our reviews are review we said what we feel about it so rather than just give you an actual comparison we will give you a random comparison we'll just run with it this is going to be hurricane michael in panama beach florida when jim cantori was covering that in 2018 and to dodge a piece of lumber that's just like flying towards him. Uh, um, this is um, uh, him getting trolled for Hurricane Ida when he was like had a little baseball helmet on and he was like pretend like bracing for the wind and a dude behind him just straight up does a cartwheel in the background <laughs> to, to, to troll him saying this wind isn't that bad, dude. Uh, honorable mention to in 2014 when Cantori was charged by a student who was about to try to get on, on camera, and then he promptly kneed him in the groin and continued his broadcast without flinching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go off, Keen. <laughs> Stomp them in the nuts. Stomp them in the nuts. Stomp them in the nuts, and back to you in Atlanta. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, quick hits. We did want to do a little bit of news stories. Um, we'll... We actually do have a little bit of a bonus episode, you know, a little bit of a bonus, uh, kind of like a secondary state of music that's kind of focused on yeah. live concerts that we did with uh, producer Kyle, who jumped on and did a wonderful episode with us. So that'll be out very soon. But honestly, just check out the really cool bonus episodes that we have for you already. That's not my way of saying that any of the episodes are like, you know, good or bad or not. It's just me saying Yo, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm editing so much. <laughs> and my break after the Audio Face Awards, um, I, I probably won't even do power reports. I'm going to be fucking not touching my computer at all, stuck in chilling, yeah. maybe watching The Sopranos. I'll get into that maybe. Oh, uh, you got to watch, dude. I'm starting to run out of wire episodes, man. I'm over the hump. The wire is damn good, but when you get to The Sopranos, we got to have discussions. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk. We got to go over dinner and talk about some things. Should we do like an audio face Sopranos? Like, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yes. Okay. Say no more. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a one-off episode because I don't want to compete with... Because uh, you, you, you don't know the ultimate whoa until you watch The Sopranos. Because there's one woe in there. That is my favorite thing in the world. I think there's at least three woes in The Sopranos that are like that. Probably, yeah. But there's one specific one that is my favorite. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, Megan the Stallion unveils a mental health resource known as Bad Bitches Have Bad Days 2, obviously off of the song Traumazine, uh, or the album Traumazine and the song Anxiety, which features that thing. And yeah, it's basically going to be a place that has therapy platforms and hotlines and specialized resources for marginalized groups, which is, you know, pretty useful, pretty great. Okay, that's pretty, pretty cool. I like it. 
It's her like oh, yeah. she's been really kind of open up with her mental yeah. health going through those different things, whether it's, Great. it's being in the spotlight as a woman in music and kind of just taking all those things, especially in the notably misogynist rap community, not always misogynist and not necessarily that much more misogynist than other genres, such as like um, rock music, which most 60s rock lyrics are just like unplayable <laughs> at this point. Um, but also, especially in the wake of being allegedly shot in the leg by, or shot in the foot by Tory Lanez. But yeah, she's been dealing with a lot of emotions throughout all of that. And um, she's been kind of talking about going through therapy, coming out stronger through that. I think, unfortunately, somewhere along the line, she talked to Hillary Clinton, which um, shouldn't have done that, Queen. Yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of rough. Yeah, I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Uh, that PR person needs to be reprimanded. But anyways, I think that was an overall good um, thing that she is doing. And, you know, it's a good resource that hopefully other people can look at and hopefully yeah. feel empowered in doing. Especially because, last thing I'll say, in a lot of these communities, um, a lot of marginalized communities, uh, these have resources for Native Americans, women of color, black people. Like, mental health is kind of stigmatized. So... It's cool to see someone like Megan the Stallion saying, no, get these resources, get this help. Like, don't um, take this lightly. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of um, taking care of your health. Yeah, Lil Nas X, he had a pasta concert in Atlanta because he had to, um, I quote, take a mean shit, end quote. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes nature calls and he just got to show up and be like, oh, I, like, the wind, if the wind blows, it's coming out right now, and I'd rather not shit on stage, so... No one man should have all that power. That's <laughs> definitely... No, no one should have all that power. You know what? Take care of yourself, King. We, 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 love, we love a mental health king, honestly. We have a we have a king who eats enough fiber. <laughs> okay, um, and last story. This is not necessarily a fun note. Definitely, Lil Nas X taking a shit was a fun note, and definitely not really a story. But um, Coolio has been found dead at the age of fifty nine. Uh, oh man, Coolio is a really notable rapper from the nineteen nineties. Known for something new or one, two, three, four, or Fantastic Voyage, or of course Gangsta's Paradise, more on that later. But yeah, he apparently died at the age of 59, and the initial uh, autopsy says it was a cardiac arrest, which is really sad, really early, way too soon. Um, insert note about black male life expectancy in America being lower than average. Sad thing. Yeah, it's really, really sad to hear that. I remember I saw the news and I go, God damn, I was literally just listening to Gangs of Paradise the other day. The whole record, though, I actually really like the record. But man, that's just, yeah, that's really sad. Two notes of, you know, this one traditional thing we're going to do on Audio Face, and I'll save that for the end. And then there's one other note I'll put on here. I said more on that later with Gangsta's Paradise, which is not going to yeah. be the song we play out with. That's just going to be too easy. But I will note that um, when. He first heard that when Coolio first heard uh, Amish Paradise, which was Weird Al Yankovic's one of his first like yeah. blowout uh, parody hits, 
he was really offended. Like he was really upset that someone would like make fun of the song or whatever. And, you know, I can understand it. Like Gangsta's Paradise, it's like this whole orchestral rap song. It's really at that time in the 90s, like really showing a rough part of the streets in a way that's not necessarily gangster rap, but it is. Like it was a really artistic, beautiful song. And so like, I think he interpreted it as being made fun of and was really upset with it. But ultimately, they, like Weird Al and Coolio made up with it, essentially. They talked it out at some point, and Coolio even threw out a line in the song Throwdown 2000 before that, which was a diss to him. But at some point in the 2000s, they threw that whole point aside. That's good, yeah. Yes, yeah. a very interesting story. I didn't, I didn't even know about that until yeah. you brought it up. At uh, one point, uh, Coolio said, um, let me say this. I apologized to Weird Al a long time ago, and I was wrong. Y'all remember that everybody out there who reads this shit, real men are real people, and they should be able to admit when they're wrong, and I was wrong, bro. Come on, who the fuck am I, bro? <laughs> Kanye, take notes. Um, <laughs> I mean, even though he did that thing with Sway about like starting his brand, uh, hashtag be a good father, Kanye. And lastly, the thing I really want to note with, which is the song that we'll be playing out audio face with, mm-hmm. The nigga wrote the theme, wrote the theme song for Keenan and Kel. Yep. Um, like, ah, uh, oh man, like national treasure. Ah, oh, here it goes. Love it. This has been Audio <laughs> Face. Uh, what does it mean to play us out? Uh, thank you for listening to Audio Face. Um, it's been a rare <laughs> as he's jamming. I know I'm gonna like yeah. listen to it in post. It's gonna be great. Hell yeah. Um, that's funny. Thank you for listening to Audio Face. Um, you can follow us at Audio Face Pod on all social medias. Um, you can follow me, SW Suarez, if I trust you or not, on the Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Dan at Dan from the web on uh, Instagram at Dan from the internet. Oh, sorry. Dan out from the internet on Instagram, Dan from the web on Twitter. Um, Dan from uh, uh, the internet on TikTok, shit. Dan from the web on Twitch. Thank you very Thank much you, for Chris. listening. There's only like 30 seconds of this song, so we got to end this really quickly. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. It's great to see her back of form. I was kind of worried after her her last record, and it took her a long time. And it's one of those things where, oh wait, you know, if you so, sorry, I, I I was screwing around with my uh, <laughs> OBS, and I I switched to the power report. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I'm being so stupid. I'm sorry. Let me fuck. <laughs> you fucked that up real good. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Um, it is new. If you can get back to like the middle point of your like sentence before you did that, that was totally my bad. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was literally no, just it, like it, fucking it, with this. Jesus Christ! Don't touch the buttons, Dan. Don't <laughs> touch the buttons. Um, I was just saying, like it's it's nice to hear her try to push it forward. I was worried.